0: i <laughs> Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to FinSuite Live. Today, I will be walking you through some challenges in scaling new service revenue for your agency. FinSuite has been an agency for almost seven years now, and we have scaled services. We've tried new services. We've tested new services, and now we offer a whole bunch of services to our clients. And there's challenges when you offer new ones. So this episode is really valuable for any agency owners, agency operators, uh, anybody in operations for agencies, because we're going to talk about what you may find when you try to offer that new service. Before we get too far into the show content, let me go and give a shout out. Let's get into a shout out, a, a rare one, a different one. This one is for Stacy Han and the entire Webflow video production team. Shout outs to Stacy Curtis, Michael, McGuire, the entire team there. Uh, Stacy is a senior producer at Webflow and she makes sure that Webflow University videos look and feel awesome. We know she's super talented because they look and feel awesome. There's a lot of all-stars behind the scenes at the Webflow video production team, this education team, and Stacy is one of those all-stars. Stacy very graciously, let me try out this Shure SM7B, which I've just showed you here in the video. And because of Stacy, we have now made a push to get this type of microphone all throughout FinSuite. So I'll let everybody at FinSuite is getting the Shure. Um, not the SM7B, the MV7, I think. But Stacy started this whole revolution. So thank you so much, Stacy. This is your shout out. Really appreciate all the work that you do to help us learn Webflow. Okay, on to announcements. First, this is a big, big announcement. Folders are live for pros. Folders, we are getting some amazing feedback on. Really, really awesome to see people using folders and better organizing their project if you're a pro you got to check this out it's InfinSuite suite extension if you're not a pro you have to wait a few weeks to go and check it out it's going to be a good one the pro meeting last wednesday we talked about the idea of a floating folders ui This has been confirmed for future development. We will implement the floating folders UI, just like we talked about in the meeting. So thank you for that suggestion. Maybe it's in the next one, or the next one, or the next update. But this is a priority. We think it's really cool. Another announcement, we have attributes, social share. It's coming. We're in the QA process. So this is another pro-voted feature, social share coming to life. Uh, We're also just about complete with query param, CMS attribute, and static to collection. These are really, really nice attributes. So thanks pros, these are coming, and first will be social share. Last announcement. We have our first community day this Thursday. So if you missed the last Thursday stream, now every Tuesday is... FinSuite Day, where we talk about FinSuite-related topics, growth, business, any kind of knowledge we can pass from FinSuite. Thursday is Community Day, and it's going to be all about the community. No FinSuite, no announcements, no anything related to, to us. I'll be interviewing the first guest this Thursday, and every week we have a new guest. The first guest, I'm very excited, will be Zach... Bujassia. And we'll definitely get this the pronunciation of that last name correct on the stream. But Zach will be live with live with us on Thursday. And I'm really happy about that because Zach is at all of the live streams. And he is, I think he wins the award for the most funny comments. He's always got a good comment each show. So we wanted him first, great part of the community, and we're going to learn all about Zach and the greatness that he has accomplished in this industry. Okay, now that's it for announcements. Let's get into the show topic. We have challenges in scaling new service revenue. Now, before I get into these one, two, three, four, five, six, I want to make it clear that no clients were harmed in the making of this story. We'll talk about some issues, some challenges that we have at FinSuite, specifically with four and five, but nothing is blown up. There's no fires. There's no massive problem here. This is just being able to identify these six steps, being able to say four and five are dangerous, and we want to loop between three and six. We'll get through that. Okay. So step one is planning. Step two, small tests. Step three, scale the service. Step four and five, max capacity of work, lack of resources. These are dangerous. We'll go in depth about why. And then six, hire or reassemble existing resources. So we're going to go through each one of the, about what it You could be offering a new branding service, a new design service, a wireframe service, a marketing consulting service, SEO service. It does not matter. This episode is about any of those services. It's just the idea of scaling a new service from something that you don't already offer. And in our case, our examples will be around technical JavaScript development. We've been getting more and more and more of these projects, and we are trying to continuously scale our operations in the technical fields. And we are running into four and five on a toggle. So we'll talk about that. Okay. First, before we get into these slides, the real heart of this, let's go through and say hi to the crowd. Let's cycle through these comments and say hello. Who do we have here? We have Robert. Hello. How you doing? Walker. Ready to learn. Great. This is all about learning. Jonathan. Hey, cool peeps. I finally made it. Thank you for coming live. Really appreciate it. Love the commenting. John. Hello. Nice to see you in here. Pablo. Hello, everyone. Hello. Penny. Nice to see you. Great. Zach. Hello. Hello. Tonette. Nino. What's up? Hello, Mike, Scottsdale, Arizona. Hello, Josiah, Brandon Tancott. Great. Okay, nice. Gabe, Mark, thank you all for coming. Now, <clears throat> audience prompt, kind of an audience prompt, is going to be, are you an agency owner, an agency operator, or are you more on the freelance side? I think this really applies to either side, but all of you agency owners would love to hear about this. And if possible, what new service you're scaling? What are you trying to do? What are you thinking about? Even if it's in the future, two years in the future, what do you want to offer at some point? Let's get into it. Okay, let's go into this first section here, planning a new service. This is the easiest part of all of them. We think that we have the skills and resources to offer a new service. So it all starts from an idea. Ooh, we can offer an SEO service, or we can offer a design service, or we can offer complex filtering with attributes, anything. We just have this idea of what we want to offer. And this is easy because we have this beautiful idea of what we want. And yeah, it, 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 it just, it makes sense in our head. So we're planning it and we're thinking, We can hire this person or we can do the work ourselves. Getting started and actually making the money that you want to make is difficult. Getting started alone is not that difficult. But actually making the money that you feel you should be making from this service, that's where I think it's a little difficult. Because not everybody trusts you when you're just offering a brand new service. If you're a design pro and you're offering an SEO service, you may not have anything to show. So you may have to lower your prices for those first few, first few projects. Or you may not even know how to properly sell this new service because you're so brand new at it. So getting to that point of pitching it correctly and getting the type of money you want is difficult. But planning is needed, right? We need to first plan before we actually go and act on it. So this is step one. You have the idea in your head. Then step two is when we actually move into implementation into small tests. And the small tests, the second is don't start with huge projects right away. Start with small tests. So this is also on the easier side that We start small. We don't want to take on a gigantic branding project if we're just starting branding. We don't want to take on a huge SEO project if we just started SEO. So we want to start small. Think about an add-on to an existing client service. Start safe, a client that likes you, a client you've been working with. Something like, hey, I'm thinking about offering this new service. Are you interested in this? Can I implement this for you? Can I help you do this? And a good client that wants that service is a great place to start with that because you already have a good relationship. And if something goes wrong, it's okay because you've done really good work with them in the past. You can make up for it. And after these small tests, we start thinking about slowly scaling as we see that success. So again, this step two, small tests, it's on the more easy side. And then we get into scaling the service we have these small wins all good and then when we start to scale we're now just we're not just going to offer it to a few select clients we're now going to offer it to most new clients we want to grow our portfolio with this service so we can sell it more so let's take the branding example if we have a branding one project, it may be more difficult to sell to other people. If we have 20 branding projects, it will be very easy to sell to other people. So that's what we're going for. We want more work here. We want to bring more money in, more revenue from this this service. And we also want to show more off to the leads that may want it to get those new projects with this new service. And when we're scaling... It's working. There is growing revenue from this service. And this is a great point when we get to this point where we say the test is great. Now we're growing it. This could be you growing it personally as an individual. This could be your team growing it. This could be a group, a group effort. Uh, But this is This is the turning point for the service when it becomes an official service, not a thought or a test. Now, the next one, this is where we get into the real power of this this episode, max capacity of work. Max capacity of work is when we can't take on any more of this new service. We are at the maximum amount of work that we can bring in. So think about, let's say, branding. Let's say we have one person on the team that can do branding. If that person is at 100% working capacity, then we are at max capacity for that service. If we have 20 people that do branding, and every single one of those 20 people are at maximum capacity, we're at max capacity for the service. It doesn't matter how many people we have. But we just can't take on any more. If a new client comes, we say, hey, right now we cannot take on this work because we have nobody to work on it we have we have a, an answer do we bring in more people do we continue scaling do we scale back max capacity of work it's okay to be at the max capacity of work if nothing goes wrong so there is a a danger of max capacity of work and that danger is if something goes wrong, then there is a problem. So if we go to the next slide, there could be an unexpected client change. There could be an unexpected client delay. There could be someone from your team leaving, somebody getting sick, the client getting sick, your, your employee getting sick, anything. If anything goes wrong, when you are at max capacity of work, things break. Problems happen because you were already working with all of your resources. So if if you don't have any more resources, but you still have to deliver a project, this could be really a big problem. Uh, This is what leads to the next part, lack of resources. And this is danger. This is when we go max capacity. Something happens, which is very common, right? Most projects don't happen 100% perfect, everything perfect, 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 especially with new services. So when we get to lack of resources, this is what we're calling the danger zone. It's dangerous to be with lack of resources. So you're in a contract with a client and you just don't have enough resources to complete that contract what you have already agreed to because something happened when you were at max capacity so this is stressful this is nervous this is when you overwork this is when people really get into a bad mental state when they're just doing too much when there's too much work for them because they were at max capacity and something goes wrong so this is dangerous. I, I keep saying that, but it's, it really is because you toggle between lack of resources and max capacity of work. So maybe somebody goes on a one-week vacation when you have a max capacity of work. Then you have a lack of resources for that one week. Everybody's stressed for that one week. Then someone else is on vacation. Lack of resources. Everyone's stressed. Everybody's overworked. These can go back and forth every few days, every few months, going back between four and five max capacity of work, lack of resources. And right now, this is where we are in our technical development, our service of technical JavaScript development at FinSuite, that we've done a good job scaling it. We have continued to scale it. I'd say over the past year, year and a half, we started with small scripts. Now we do more complex scripts. Now we're building web applications. And we only have a few people to build these web applications. So if anything goes wrong, and it doesn't even have to be on us, it could be on the client, anything goes wrong, we now don't have enough resources to develop web applications. This is a very specialized service. We can't just have anybody on the team jump in to help. So we toggle back and forth. This this is really a strategy for short term. You can only do this for a short period of time. If you do this for a long period of time, this is dangerous on your mental health, on your business, and on all of your employees. If your employees continue to have a lack of resources while they are working, they will get overwhelmed. So we're here. We're not going to be here for long. We are actively recruiting. And we're going to show a, a cool recruiting thing we did at the end of the episode. But we know that we're in here. We, we have this understanding that these are six steps. We're at four and five, max capacity and lack of resources, and we go back and forth until we get to number six hire new people and reassemble or reassemble existing resources so the way that you get out of four and five is to hire new people or reassemble the people you already have or the resources you already have so we have a lack of resources the simple answer hire someone else two more people three more people five more people and now we won't have that lack of resources Once we have enough people, we can then jump back to three, scale the service, and ideally we skip four and five and we continue to scale. i will talk more about that after. But hiring new people, that's what we're actively trying to do for JavaScript development. We are continuing to get more and more leads. And right now we kind of have to turn people away for big projects because we just don't have all the resources. We have too many leads requesting this specifically. So we're looking for more people. That's how we break out of four and five. I'd say we've we've been in four and five for the past two months, maybe two months on and off. Like right now at this very point in time, we're at max capacity or maybe a little bit lower than max capacity. But by next week, we could toggle over to lack of resources and it's, not good. We don't want to. It, it doesn't happen intentionally. So we are hiring new people to completely avoid that as we continue to scale. So those are the six steps. Those are the explanations. Before I get into more depth of Finsuite web dev versus web app dev, I'm going to jump into the comments and let's see what we have here. Uh, let's see. Okay, we have a whole bunch of freelancers here. We have Mika, freelance, Jonathan, freelance, doing it full-time, looking to potentially outsource certain parts of my work. Okay, mostly related to sales. Okay, yeah, just be careful. Be careful outsourcing something that you don't already know the process of. I think it's best to outsource when you know how something works. How can you explain to somebody how you want sales to work if you don't know how you want sales to work? I'm not saying you don't, just keep that in mind. You know, maybe it makes sense to, um, well, you're doing it full-time, so you probably have sales experience. Just be careful with the outsourcing. Consider bringing people to your team rather rather than the outsourcing mindset. Both work. Okay, what else do we have? Okay, Yash, this is really helpful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, Pablo Cortez, quick advice from personal experience. Don't be a developing agency that offers branding. Be a branding agency that offers design and development. Okay, cool advice. I like that. That's a a nice, strong branding play. Uh, Branding agencies... Yeah, I agree. They they have a lot of respect if you do a good job at branding. So that's cool. Okay. Aweah. Aweah. Thanks so much for share. Oh, Chris, thanks so much for sharing your challenges. It is great to see an agency succeeding. Thank you. Yes. And we're the next part is talking really specifically about how those six steps fall into uh FinSuite. John, John Matias, when you're at the max capacity stage and know it, but you haven't hired your first external employee, it is really nerve wracking. Not sure how to make the leap. Yes, John, totally. And if you're working alone and you're at that max capacity stage, I know that you have fallen into the lack of resources just a little bit. And what that means is you're working 100% and then maybe you have to take the weekend to work because you didn't have enough time to finish all your work during the week or maybe you worked instead of your normal 8 hours you ended up working 12 hours that is a lack of resources you're doing more than you want to more than your normal 100% to accommodate the the growing business so how do you make that leap great question the first step would be to try to hire somebody else, right? That's one option. The other option, as it says in step six, is reassemble your existing resources. And in your case, as an individual, that means change things so you don't have as much work. That could be dropping certain clients, dropping certain processes, dropping certain services, Uh, only taking on certain types of projects, changing the way that your resources are handled right now so that you don't feel like you're at max capacity. So you're happy making enough money at 80% capacity. So that would be my recommendation, John. Okay, Uh, Josiah, currently building an agency. I'm running into hitting max load for work. Yes, Josiah. So this is the same thing I said to, to John. And I would follow that same advice. Hire someone or change what you're doing so that you have the right amount of resources to not be at max capacity. And again from Josiah, it gets hard when max capacity gets there, then working on the business starts to suffer and I noticed marketing dropped from me. I know this is a tough one. It really is. When you're first starting out, you want to do a little bit of everything. You want to grow the portfolio. You want to make money with clients. You want to make the new website. new portfolio site. You want to do marketing. You want to create clonables. You want to do community stuff. It's competing. So hire somebody to do those things or reassemble your resources. Only take on 80% of the clients. Instead of three projects at a time, do two projects at a time. I think it's more important to be happy and not be at max capacity for long term that make a little bit extra money for those extra projects. Okay. What else do we have? Corey, a.k.a. Flowman. Freelance, but interested in the mindset of an agency. Working with agencies as a freelancer has been my favorite project so far. Cool. Great strategy. Keeps you separated. You don't have to have the I'm... Managing an agency, I have to worry about all the sales and I have to worry about this. I'm separated, but I get to take advantage of kind of automated workflow by working with an agency. So that's cool. Walker, I'm a freelancer mainly because I'm scared to hire someone else. Walker, I know that there are so many people in here that just agree with you so much. You're out there. We have a bunch of people live right now and there are people that absolutely agree with this. And I was there. It is not easy to hire that first person. You've been doing things for a certain amount of time. You know how they work. And to bring somebody into that mix, you may not feel that they're performing at the level that you were performing at. They're different. It's a different person. So... Start with small tests. You can use this same model of new service revenue with hiring somebody else. First, you have the idea. You have to understand who you want to hire. Then start with that small test. Don't bring somebody on with a salary and benefits and all these other things. Go and hire somebody for a tiny project and then another project and then another project. And then say, hey, we've been working together great for four months. Why don't you come and join the team? Something like this. So start small and then it becomes a lot less scary. That would be my recommendation. Okay. A <clears throat> few more we'll bring up and then we'll continue on with this content. Uh, let's go. Let's bring up Chris again, Yeah. Uh, We founded our agency about five years ago. Recently, we started a new company, Awea. Tell me if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It was incredibly helpful to have the experience as an agency first. I think providing space to think is so important. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Anytime you're running a business, doesn't matter what it is, it makes the next business just a little bit easier to think about experience in business is so valuable and i think it can really carry with you to every new venture that you do so it's really cool to see that you have taken your agency knowledge and have applied it to the next business that's great okay Brandon Tancott. over 20 years i've been up and down in team size it's not always strategic but learning to know where where you're at and what you need is key this is great advice Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate that. So up and down in team size, this is, you know, scaling up, scaling down. Sometimes you don't need everybody on your team or projects are a little bit not as active uh, or sometimes people don't work out or sometimes somebody is operating at the amount of work of two people. Uh, Things change. And yes, at FinSuite, we've also been a little bit up and down. We hover... I think we're at like 43 now, 44, but we've been hovering at the 40 to 45 for the past six to eight months. And yeah, it just works. We, we, we can continue to scale and just reapply where our resources are being handled. Okay, there are a lot more comments here. If we have some time at the end, I'll jump back into them. Oh, these are such good comments, actually. I'll bring up a few more. I see a few more good ones. Let's let's bring these up. David, been freelancing for the past two years and started outsourcing on project basis a year ago. Start with small steps, develop two pages and I'll develop the rest. Nice. Yeah. Start small. That is the best, best advice. So thank you for sharing that, David. And John, we're a two-person team. Currently, we're nervous about bringing on an employee and being responsible for someone else's livelihood. I think that's a big mental block too. So John, I'm glad you followed up with this. You will really benefit from starting with really small project work. Don't bring somebody on full time and be worried that you're not going to give them enough work to maintain their their full-time salary. That's dangerous, especially for a two-person team. So start just like David said. Develop two pages on this site. Or, hey, we have a really tiny project. I'd like you to, to develop this as a test. You don't have to make a lot of money from that small project. Or maybe you make no money, and it's just to see how that person works. It gives you a chance to scale the portfolio, scale the business, And then after you've been working comfortably with this person, you can now get into a more formal relationship. And hopefully by then you've scaled enough work for that person to work full time. Okay, great. And last one, Lucas, thank you. It feels like a giant leap at first, but after you hire for the first time, it just seems like a common thing later on. Totally. Love it, Lucas. That is all this ment- all this scared feeling, this unsure feeling about bringing somebody onto your agency, it goes away after you hire somebody really good, or two people, or three people. The more people you hire, the more natural it feels to grow the team. So, great advice. Okay, now let's get back into this. Now, I'm going to talk about FinSuite Webflow development versus our web app development. This is a really interesting piece for me, this this concept of toggling between four and five and looping between three and six. We'll bring up that that slide in just a little bit, but I'll explain why FinSuite's webflow development services can jump from three to six, and why our technical services, are still toggling between four and five at some times. FinSuite's Webflow development is a very strong team, a strong program. It's very good because we've been doing it for seven years. We have a lot of experience with Webflow development. And when I say Webflow development, I mean developing web pages in Webflow, some very light, light, minor scripts, no. API stuff, no communicating with uh, other servers or databases. Just your plain old simple Webflow development. We're great at it because of our experience. So we know when we're at number three for scaling, we know to not hit four and five. We know enough about scoping projects. We know enough about sal- selling projects we know a lot of the potential issues that come up with Webflow development projects. And we have so many people on our Webflow development team and so many people at FinSuite that develop in Webflow that I can't imagine us having a lack of resources in that field. We just have too much power in that, that specific field. Most people at FinSuite are great Webflow developers to the point where they could work with most of our clients. So if somebody goes out on vacation or there's a huge client delay or we have a huge influx of projects, we have enough people in our Webflow development team to take on any kind of problem. So instead of having the problem at max capacity and going to lack of resources, we never hit max capacity. We just, nobody in Webflow development Is at true, true max capacity? Well, some people are, but not the entire team. The team as a whole is not at max capacity. We can always help out. There's always, Hey, I'm not going to be here today. I'm sick. And this is, I, I need help with this or, um, yeah, I don't know why this tabs. Isn't working instead of spending eight hours and being late in the delivery, somebody can jump in and help. So it's a very strong program and it's reliable. So that's why we go three, scale, and then higher. Scale, higher, scale, higher. And we keep making the loop between three and six because we know it really well. Now, let us that's great. I'm, I'm really glad that we're efficient there. But now we have web application development. And what I mean by that is we're taking the Webflow developed website and we are connecting APIs. We are doing custom things with forms. We are sending and receiving responses from servers. We are developing some advanced functionality inside Webflow that's totally not native to Webflow. And this is the service that we are having problems with. And the problem is we just don't have enough people to work on it. We have this large influx of leads That want this service because we have attributes, because we have client first, because we have hacks, because of all these things that we do, we're starting to attract a lot of this business. And we have scaled it successfully, very successfully, but we continue to get to these points where we're scaling at number three. And let's, let's now go to, let's go to the, the, the first slide, the, the next screen here. Yes stages. So we get to three and we can't jump to six because we don't know exactly how to hire for technical services. Webflow development, no problem. A bunch of people on our team can qualify and hire people for Webflow development. But for technical services, this is a much more difficult position to fill. So we can't just jump to six easily and just bring new people on right away. It's hard to find these people. It's hard to understand when we need these people. It's hard to, to spec the project exactly correct and know this development service is going to be exactly three weeks, where in Webflow development, we can do that. In technical JavaScript development, we're still learning how to do this. So we'll get to the point where we're scaling, and then we hit max capacity of work. No problem. Nothing has gone wrong. But then something goes wrong. As simple as a client being late. Now we have a lack of resources. People are stressed. Damn. So we try to fix that. And now we're at max capacity again. And we toggle back and forth. Four and five. Four and five. If we do this for a long time, we are really going to hurt ourselves. And we're not going to do that. We are instead going to six. We're going to six, 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 six. six, Higher. We want to reassemble our existing resources. Anybody that's technical, that's not doing the client work, now we can maybe bring them into this into this service. So this is the big difference. We have a lot of experience with Webflow development, seven years, we have about a year, about a year, yeah, with technical JavaScript development. I'm very confident we're going to get out of the four or five toggle but I think it may be another year before we can safely say we loop three to six. We're not going to be at four and five with technical services because we figured it out. We know where to hire people or we know where to train people or we know how to properly spec projects or we know we have so many people in our technical development team. I can't imagine that we ever fall into four and five because we just have too many resources. So, that's the difference. And that that's a very honest and transparent delivery of information about the current state of that service at FinSuite. And this is okay. Know that this, this episode, it's called challenges for a reason. That these are challenges. These are not things that will ruin your industry. Even though I'm saying we have a problem with this at FinSuite, our clients are happy nobody's business is ruined, we didn't break anything. Uh, this This is an internal problem. This is not a problem for our clients. Once it turns into a problem for your clients, that's a pretty big problem. Because not only is there turmoil in the company, but now it's affecting paid contracts and affecting other people's business. This is extra, extra dangerous. So it's a challenge but it's okay. It's normal for new services and trying to scale revenue of those new services. So if you find yourself at four and five, whether you're a freelancer, whether you're an agency, whatever, just know that this is normal. It's not. This is not just you. This happens when you are scaling new services. Even with a company like FinSuite with so much experience, it happens. So the most important thing that you can do first is to understand this. And that's really what this stream is all about. Understanding when you are at four and five, because if you don't understand you're at four and five, you're just going to be stressed and overworked and consider a, a life change of not developing websites, going into a different industry. So we don't want to do this long-term. Okay. Let's see, anything else before we move on? Should we go to comments? Let's see. Wow, this this looks nice. The Keithanizer. FinSuite has changed my life, honestly. I thought Webflow themselves provided everything you'd need to know. Then I discovered you and Webflow is a superpower now. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes, we we really push ourselves to be that extra help the extra feature set you need to really complete your agency work Um, i know when i first started whenever a client said filter i got nervous at that time the most popular solution was isotope Um, mix it up three i don't even think came out yet which is these are now old school webflow libraries we integrated with and man I was scared of those isotope implementations. So that's why we were so pushed to do the CMS library and then attributes so that you are now able to do more with Webflow without worrying about those advanced implementations. So thank you for that. Okay. Haki... Hikam, Jamil. I think FinSuite is scaling services. Yes, we are. We are scaling our technical development services. We absolutely want more of this work. I would love if there was double, triple, quadruple the amount of work that we have in technical JavaScript development. Because I think this is a really nice advantage in the Webflow industry. I think there's going to be a point in the future where just Webflow development alone is not enough. You can have a successful business, but it may not be enough for you to shine in the Webflow ecosystem because there will be a point in a few years where a lot more people know how to develop in Webflow. It's a relatively low barrier to entry. So what's that extra service? What's that extra offering that you have that kind of separates you from everybody else that knows Webflow? And in FinSuite's case, I want that to be technical development services. You need to do whatever else you want to do with some other application and use Webflow as your front end, great, we'll work with you because we have a really good handle on technical when integrated with Webflow. So yes, service scaling, and that is exactly what this episode is about. Okay, Pink Pineapple Agency. What do you do at the moment when you come to four? Were you running out of resources and might be blocked in getting new projects coming in? Yes, absolutely. So if we, if we are at four, which is, um, damn, five is lack of resources. Now I got to scroll, scroll up to these, max capacity of work. I should have known that. Yeah, thank you, Gabe. Max capacity of work. Um. Yeah, if you're at max capacity of work, you should not be bringing in new projects. This is ultra dangerous because if you already have 100% of your workday filled and you now introduce more work, now you're working at 120% or 150% and this will destroy you. It will destroy your agency. So yes, when you're at four, you, I think, either need to Reassemble the resources or hire new people or downscale before you get to five. So yes, I think four is a huge blocker for everything. And five is when it's not only a blocker, but a problem. Hope that answers the question. If it did not, please follow up. Okay, Pablo Cortez. Great question here. Joe, could you share with us what's the most requested technical feature clients ask for? Definitely form integrations. This is common and not the average form integration. Just sending pretty much every client we have has some requirement to send a form to a specific location. We don't get to choose. This isn't like a new business without a full CRM system. So we have to integrate into that system. And sometimes we have to be very custom with it. Passing cookies through the forums, passing UTMs through the forums, passing um, Google Analytics stuff through the forum. It, it, we get requests all over the place. But I would say forms would be the most technical requested feature. And if you have a follow-up to that, I'd be happy to answer. <clears throat> okay. What else? What else? Lucas, Joe, are you ranging from 40 to 45 team members in the past six months because of choice? Or do you feel it's reached a max cap for the time being in current Webflow market? That's a great question, Lucas. Um, well, <clears throat> the 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 switch from 40 to 45, the up and down from that, it's mostly because some people feel like their time at FinSuite is, is done. And they want to leave or we feel that somebody's services are no longer needed or we find somebody that is hey this person would be a really good addition to this department so it's it's kind of random it, there's there's no specific reason on why we're scaling in between 40 to 45. in terms of in terms of where i see the the market and growing that It's not that we don't want to scale. It's that we don't have enough money to scale. We need to still be at three. We need to run with three more and more and more so that we have enough money to go to six. We don't have enough money to hire 10 more people, but if we could hire 10 more, let's say technical JavaScript developers, I would love to do that. Right now we're trying to get one or maybe two. Maybe three, but yeah, I would love ten, and the reason why I don't see a cap in that i would I would take fifty technical JavaScript developers. It's because not only can they really be beneficial in client work, but these people can be beneficial in building new attributes in writing scripts for the community, getting more people in our support channel to help to help with technical implementations. There is a really high value in all technical services in Webflow. So I would want to increase, but we just, we don't have the funding to do that, but we will get there. Okay, let's bring up Josiah. I've been toying with adding technical services to my work with developing a marketplace. It pushed me and was really fun, but since I'm new to it, it's been really messy on processes. Exactly. You just did it. You have an idea, you did a small test, and a hard part about that small test and going into scaling is making the money that you want to make from it. It's easy to do it, to get started, but to get started and make enough money, that's hard. So yeah, you got to work at it. It may be months before you really see a positive and powerful revenue from that new service. Jesse Neiman coming in with the assist. Thank you. They also want some custom logic in these forms while passing the data to external resources. So, Jesse is a project manager at FinSuite. So, he is a source of client requests. So, I said a lot of clients will ask for things to be sent in the form. In addition to that, we are getting requests for custom logic in these forms. If someone clicks this, Send the email to this location. If the client is over this amount, make sure we do this, this, and this in the form. So adding some logic there, that is part of that that common client request. Um, And Pablo, with a follow-up that actually does really nice after this comment, Pablo says, do you think that the new Webflow logic will be able to handle some form requests from clients? I do, I really do. I don't know much about it. I've seen some screenshots, I've seen some demos. We saw the demo in last no code conf. And from what I see, I do think that it's going to help. I think it's going to lessen the requirement of some of our technical JavaScript developers, free them up for things that can't be done with Webflow logic. And I'm hoping that the non-technical Webflow developers will now be able to use logic and do those technical services. Hopefully, we'll see. I don't know yet, but this is my guess. Okay, and last one from Josiah before we move on. What do you look at when you decide if you have enough money? Do you still bring people in per project to keep costs fluid or higher for salary? Great, great question. I'm surprised this one didn't make the show notes. Uh, I'm really glad you asked this. When we are thinking about money and also scaling the team, I like to think in hourly. Now, if if there's any kind of money problems, we're not scaling the team. I'm not saying to push scaling if there's money problems. But if you don't have a whole budget to go and hire somebody full time, a great strategy is to hire them on an hourly basis. So that's exactly what we're doing with JavaScript developers now. We are bringing them in on an hourly basis. They're working hourly for our clients. We bill the clients hourly for that work. We pay this person hourly for their work, and there is a beautiful exchange of services. And they're on the team. This is not outsourcing work. They are at FinSuite. They just have an hourly rate. So we're actually not paying to bring people on as technical JavaScript developers. We are bringing people on to essentially pass off this hourly cost to our clients. And we, of course, get a margin from that hourly exchange. So this is a really safe way to do it. This is a way that it's the lowest risk, right? If you bring somebody on full-time and they don't work out, it's a bad story for everybody. For us at FinSuite, for that person, for all the team members they've met and talked with, it's dangerous. So start hourly, really valuable. Okay. Now, last part of the show, We we have somewhat of a solution a recruiting solution and like most web developers when you face a problem in life one of the best solutions is to make a website about it right if there's a problem just make a website about it it's going to make you feel better so that's exactly what we're doing here in recruiting we are now hiring at FinSuite specifically and only for technical javascript developers and we're going to show you this really cool page that we made to try to attract them, because we asked some of our best technical JavaScript developers what attracted you to FinSuite, and their answer was wild design. Um, it was something really visually exciting that made them say, "Whoa, this company's cool. I'd like to work here." So that's what we we went for. We developed this page. Um, And let's bring this page up on screen, JavaScript developers wanted. And this is a recruiting page that we now send to anybody that we are even thinking about working with. We find them on Twitter. We find them in job boards, whatever. We're going to to send them this link. It gives them a little bit of a preview of what FinSuite is. It says what we do. It talks about Webflow. It talks about our stack. And it introduces them to our JavaScript development test. They have to complete a little test, a little challenge. And if they are qualified, we will work towards hiring them. So you can see this is a a very funky design. We have um, a really interesting mix of the 3D elements combined with retro 2D sprites. So you can see we have this super pixelated layer. Uh, What is it called? Pixelation shader that we've added to these 3D models. And it's informational, but also it's like, whoa, this is totally different. We wanted to make sort of an anti-recruiting page. I can't stand these like recruiting pages and careers pages that just look like every other careers page in the world. It's just not exciting. So we wanted to do something that was, whoa, what, like, what is this? What, what's going on here? And that's, that's kind of where this came from. So let's share some links. We have some cool things to share. Uh, We created the FinSuite logo with the 3D with the pixelation shader. So you can see the pixelation is a sort of a brand of this site. Uh, And then we also had this really cool hero animation that didn't make it. But we started to explore some 3D things, some interesting ways to say, hey, we have a really cool team. We want to work with you, and this is the hiring process. This is how you can work with us, and this has now been very successful. Uh, this has been great. It's been it's when people get this, we're now seeing a much higher rate of of people actually applying. So we're working towards it, right? Nobody's going to come to you to get hired, or it's rare for someone to just send you an email and say, "Hey, I'm the perfect hire." Come and hire me. doesn't happen. So sometimes you have to be active with it. You have to go out and do it. And that's what this is attempting. That instead of writing out a message of why somebody should apply to work with us, we send them this web page that says, this is the process. You have the challenge, then you're going to go into the video call, then you're going to a trial period. This is where we work with them on an hourly basis. So you get paid. But hourly basis lowers our risk if we have to say goodbye after two weeks it's very lightweight because it's not full-time it's hourly and then after that trial period we want to introduce you as a full team member we want to pay you a fixed salary if you prove that you are worth that salary after the hourly work so it goes through these stages and that's what this site is all about it's an active way to go out and get the right people working for us so that is, yeah, that's uh, that's what we did here. I'm excited about it, and it's been successful so far. Let's see. Any comments to bring up here? Yep, Spline is a cool, cool no code tool for 3Js. I will say we are pretty unhappy about the overall performance of Spline. It's cool but this is not something we'd work into a client production website. This is something we would use internally, but I agree. Spline, if you're interested in 3D, start with Spline. It's a really cool way to get involved. Okay, so we have three minutes left on Showtime. I hope this was valuable. If it was, if you got any value from this, I would really appreciate if you gave a thumbs up on this video. Go ahead and like it. Go ahead and share it. Go ahead and tweet it, whatever you want. Watch it again, share it with your agency. Yeah, this would be really helpful. Uh, We we're trying to understand if this is the type of content you like. So we're now starting to go back historically into our videos and see what types of videos have the most views, what types of videos have the most likes. And we are going to now start doing content that relates to our most popular videos. So if you want more of this content, interact with it, put comments in there like it, all that stuff. Would really appreciate it. Thank you, Anto. appreciate that. Awesome content today. We'll definitely watch it again. Great. Uh, question from G4KNR. Do you have a similar process for finding Webflow developers? Do you give them tests before hiring them? We used to. Yes, we used to do that. Now, I. we haven't hired a a Webflow developer in a while because we've been just, we've been really efficient with it. We're growing, but we're not, we're never hitting the max capacity. Just things are, things are rearranging and changing in the company to just take our scaling and, and make it okay. So we haven't hired in a while, in a while we do the tests, but as you become more and more experienced with hiring, you find that you don't really need the test. Um, I can can open up a few read-only links and really tell how talented the person is. I can tell so much from a read-only link. And I know a lot of other people at FinSuite can also. So tests are good. But if you really, really understand the skill, you may be able to avoid the test. However, if you're starting out, go with a test. That was a long answer. Uh, Okay, one minute here. Penny, a great topic might be managing technical services, planning the work, allocating developers, managing the work. Yes, this is part of the technical services service. It's not just writing the code. It's managing the project, managing the code, managing the resources for the client. It's usually not a one-person project for a client. We're using two or three technical developers in one project. So yeah, totally. Sometimes you're not just selling the service itself, you're selling the service and all of the planning and management around that service. Uh, and last comment before we say goodbye from G4K. Uh, trying to find it, but someone who is not going to bankrupt me. Do you pass... Uh, sorry, I've been looking at the preview links too. Look In Maiden Webflow, look in the showcase, start small, start conversations. I guarantee you, there is somebody out there that you should be working with and is not going to break the bank based on where they live, based on their experience level. It's not easy. You may have to look many hours, but I think that person's there. Okay, that's the end of the episode. We are one minute late. I am so sorry. And that will be the end of the episode. I really appreciate everybody coming here. I hope you learned something valuable. And we will be live on Thursday with Zach. I don't feel like I'm saying this last name right. Zach Bougia. He's going to be live on Thursday. It's community day. Really excited to talk to him. He is one of the most dedicated Finn Suite community members. So come on Thursday, 12 Eastern, and that is the end of this show. Have a great day.